Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you. We thank you because you know us and you knew us before we even came to this world. And God, you look at what we go through and you are always calling us and telling us to be still. Because you understand everything about us. God, today you brought us in your place of worship this morning. But God, you can you may remind us again of who you are in our lives. And to tell us that you are going, you have called us that you are going to be with us. And it's not going to be forever because you are coming back to take us home. And before then, O oh Lord, teach us to wait for you. Teach us to wait. For you. Teach us to be still, O oh Lord, because we are your children. And O oh Lord, my God, may the words of my mouth this morning and may the meditations of my mind be acceptable to you as I speak to your people, my rock and my redeemer. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever had the telephone ring and you answer with no idea, with no idea at all what is going to happen to your life? And right after you say hello, the caller tells you the news. And then you stand there in disbelief as you hear the news of one of the most cherished people in the world to you. There wasn't even time to say a final goodbye. That is what happened to Isaiah, the prophet. In the year that the king Hosea died, the Bible says, you know, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord seated on his throne, high and exalted. Isaiah had grown under the shadow of this powerful king called Hosea. This king protected him like a kid. In other words, King Hosea was a mentor to Isaiah and a friend also to the prophet. And so the death of Isaiah was the most disturbing part of his life. He had been a godly leader for many years. God had mightily blessed this king. Then what happened? What happened? The Bible tells us that in his later years, Uzziah was consumed by pride. He, he assumed the work of the priest, something many tempted, are tempted to do even today. And as a result, the Lord our God struck him with leprosy right there at the altar with the leprosy of the forehead. Go and read Second Corinthians chapter 26 and verses 16 to 21. And now in the presence of God, Isaiah, Isaiah gets a revelation that man, a man with unclean lips cannot sincerely say, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. You see, having observed heavenly worship, with angels bowing down before God, the prophet became conscious 
of what is happening now. It mentions that the throne of the Lord is high and lifted up. And as he looked, the train of his robe filled the temple. And people of God, my friends, this morning, the glory of the Lord is not something that can be contained. Can you hear an amen? You cannot contain it. The seraphs, the seraphs were singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole have, the whole earth is full of his glory. All the saints adore him. All the saints adore him, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. And all the cherubims and seraphims are there. They are falling down before him. And then he says in verse 4 to 5, At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook. The Bible says, the temple was filled with smoke. And then Isaiah says, Woe unto me. I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man with unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. My friends, here is a cry. Here is a cry of a heart that has heard the heavenly message. A heart that wants to please the Lord. A heart that yearns for God's holiness. And at this point, Isaiah got to know that the leprous condition of King Uzziah was nothing compared to his people's leprous words. They were experiencing a moral and a, and a spiritual decay. And therefore, it is so important for Isaiah to see God in his holiness. My friends, for us who go to the house of worship, for us who are here today, for those that are gathered elsewhere today, we should yearn to please the Lord our God in our services. We should yearn to please the Lord our God in whatever we do, giving ourselves wholly unto God. Can you imagine what it would be like with your 80% of your body paralyzed? I shared that with the Bible study group on Wednesday. How will it be? When if 80% of your, your body was paralyzed. Think about that. How would it be? Can you imagine? What do you think? The churches are struggling and many of them closing down. You have seen them, all of them. Closing down, others struggling. And I say struggling to pay the bills. Struggling to pay their pastors. Struggling to pay the church ministry. Struggling to maintain their buildings. Why? It is because they are limping. They are limping along with only 20% left. Can I come home now? 
Bwana zifwe. They are limping with only 20% of their lives left. Because 80% of those that go to church do nothing. 80% of those congregate in many places don't care whether the toilets are clean. Can you clap for her? They don't care whether the Lord's toilets are clean. They don't care whether the electricity has been paid. They don't care whether they are going to give or not. Others will not even touch the envelope. They just like, if you come here on Monday, you'll be surprised. Don't think I'm talking about people in Kenya. See, there's an envelope down there. People don't use their envelopes. They think it is just something else. They just leave them there, which means they don't give. Am I talking to someone? And that makes the churches limp with only 20%. Now, this is what I'm saying. Many churches, not just Nehema, they survive because of 20% of the congregation. Am I right? Am I right? I'm sure many will not say amen. But now, force yourself to say amen. Amen? Amen. Many people, that's why close churches are closing. They are limping because they only survive with 20% of their people who give, who provide, who take care of their kids, who take care of the youth, who are doing anything. And the rest are comfortably in church. They are very good. If tea is not good, they will complain. If the carpet is not clean, they will complain. But they are part of the 80%. They don't give. They don't care. They will come to church. They will go. They will say, hey, the pastor these days, and I teach you two pastors, and I say, 80%. Ask yourself, which percentage are you in? 80% are paralyzed. The church is surviving on only 20% of the population. That's why churches are closing all over. Because nobody wants to be committed, unfortunately. If every member was fully engaged in serving the Lord, in line with their spiritual gifts, the church and the world will be different. People will have gone to those that are thirsty, those that are shelterless, those that are starving, they will bring them, you know, we'll, be a lot, we'll have a lot more money in the church. We can be going to visit those in prison and other, and other places because people are giving according to their, the way they have been blessed of the Lord. Spiritual gift. And so, Isaiah, having seen all this, he says in verse 8, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who shall I send? And who will go for us? Never. If God comes here and is asking, Whom shall I send? Who is going to do this for me? Who shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here I am. Send me. Here I am. 
send me. Niko hapa nitume. When the prophet overhears the Lord asking the heavenly court who should be sent, Isaiah said forward just like that without hesitation, just like that and saying, "Here I am. Send me." Nitume mi mi bwana. Nitume mi mi bwana. Nitume mi Isaiah was able to cut the vision of God right away. Our mission means God sent. God, God sent. He's ready to go on God's mission after experiencing God's glory at that time. My friends, before I finish, please listen to me. When God sends us, we will not need all the details first. We will not need all the details first. Hey, where are you sending me? Hey, what is going to be the package? No, Isaiah did not ask God to, to jump how long. No. He may be calling you to teach the youth. He may be calling you to teach, to teach in Sunday school. He may be calling you to be coming here once a month, once a week even to see how the church is going, doing. He may be calling you to come and do something in this church and just go out. He may be calling you to do something, something to advise others. All we need is to trust his guidance and be willing to lay down our lives for his mission. This is what the disciples did. This is what David Livingstone did. This is what uh, Ludwig Krupp did. This is what even Rebman did. This is what Mother Teresa did. This is what people like um, Alexander Muge did. Those, someone like John Gatu, those people that God called and they were really, really called by God. Really called by God. And they were willing to go and serve God wherever they told, he, he told them to, to go. And in this unique mission, some are called to stay. Others are called to go away. Some are called to stay. Others are called to do what? To go away. There are those that have been called to serve here at Nima. But there are those that have been called to go away. Either to go away and serve or to go away and do other things. Because God calls you. If you don't listen to his voice, because he has called you and he knows you have heard his voice. So if we have been called here, my friends, let us serve God without looking back. Why am I saying this? Because we do not know how long we are going to be here. We do not know how long we are going to serve 
We do not know how long we will be strong the way we are. We do not know. Let us serve the Lord. Let us be like a sign and say, here I am. God, send me. It is a high time we knew what our calling is. What is God telling you about your service here at Nima? Do we ever take that moment and think about it? Take that seriously. Sometimes we feel secure in our job and our home. We feel secure when we are with our friends. We forget all about our calling. There are people that will come here and once they are helped and and then they forget. They will forget about you. Another pleasant too. We are not only, we, we, sometimes we, we forget so fast and we don't even depend on God. We step, stop depending on God. A very dangerous thing. We find ourselves worshipping our possessions and our friends. When you came here, probably didn't have friends. When you came here, maybe you didn't have a lot of money. But once you get friends, we get friends and possessions. We start worshipping our friends. We start worshipping our possessions. We don't even get time to go to church. And even when we go to church, we don't do anything. Very dangerous. We live at a time when success is defined in terms of fame and numbers. The Lord God called me. He told me. And it reminds me day by day that the test of success with the Lord is faithfulness in the ministry. Can you say of faithfulness in the ministry? It is catching God's vision and being faithful to God. If you don't get anything else, my friend, get that today. That the success with the Lord is faithfulness to the ministry. Just be faithful the ministry of God. Jesus never said, well done, good, and a famous servant. Do you think he said that? No. He said, well done, good, and a faithful servant. We are called to be faithful. We are not called to be famous. I know people will be going to where fame is. This is where, you know, everybody is talking about. No. We are called to be faithful. The purpose of the church is to catch the vision of God. And I will summarize this in four parts. Number one, to worship God as in Luke chapter 4 and verse 8. When the devil tested Jesus, he looked, Jesus looked at, at the devil and said, you know what, you cannot do this to me. The Bible says, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We worship God who lives forever and ever. Then number two, number two, we can catch this vision by praying and loving one another. The church has a purpose of praying and loving each other. 
Bible says by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you love one another, everybody, all men will know that you are my disciples. Number three, it is to help each other. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then number, number four, it is to learn how to live as godly people. It is to learn how to live as godly people and to be equipped to evangelize the world. Matthew 28 and verses 18 to 20. Go ye therefore and make them disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to get everything that I have commanded you, and the Lord, I will be with you till the end of the age. And finally, let me say this. God does not want your capability. God does not want your capability. Again, note that down. God does not want your capability. He only wants your availability. If you give him your availability, he will provide the capability. If Vicky today was not available, then she would not have ministered the way she did. And so availability is when you make yourself accessible to utilization. When you avail yourself, then you will be utilized by God. This is what we see in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. When God calls, will you say, here I am. Send me. When he needs volunteers in this church, when he says we need more people to serve in church school, when he says we need more people to teach the youth, when he says we need more people to support the ministry in this place, will you say, here I am. When he sends you to the Lens Fortinet, the Thursday, the shelterless, those in pain, the poor, those in prison, those that are struggling, those that are pain, will you also say, Yeah, I am. Send me. God bless you. Let us pray. The one that has brought you all this far is faithful. 
and will go with you. He also know of God knowing that his grace, his mercy, his peace will be ambered in your life. Na yamani ya mungu ibitakili zote. Yawaifadhi ni azenu katika hali ya kumjua buwana. Nazo baraka za mwenyezi mungu. Baba, mwana na roo mtakatifu ziwe nanyi. Na ukaya nanyi kuanzia sasa hadi milele na milele. Amen. And now my friends, the fellowship begins.